0: Episode of Pursuing the Kingdom. We have a powerful individual who, had, who is very rare in my eyes, and his ideas are not known to the entire world. He is part of the United States Foreign Service, serves as a national young adult outreach director for the Republican National Hispanic Assembly. He is founder of a nonprofit called Bienvenido that is a platform in promoting voting representation for Hispanics. And diversity and conservative ideals, welcoming young Hispanic conservatives from all over the world. And he also graduated from Albeline Christian University with a BA in political science and a double major minor in Spanish and in business administration. So this young individual is Abraham Enriquez. Please, thank you so much for coming. Again, thank you for uh, for taking the time to to share your story with us today, Abraham.
1: Oh, thank you. That was a great introduction. You made me sound way cooler than what I actually am. So thank (laughs) you for that.
0: (laughs) Of course. Um, So like first question, brother, Um, just tell us a little bit about your story. You know, were you always conservative when you were young or, uh, you know, how was, how was life like when you were, when you were, when you were little um, living in Texas?
1: Yeah. So born and raised in Lubbock, Texas. And so, um, I would say that I've been conservative my whole life. Um, I mean I didn't you don't know, you don't you know attend first grade and and realize, oh, I'm a conservative, no, you definitely don't do that. Um, <laughs> but I realized you know, going to college where um, i I was a college that allowed me to kind of open my mind and and really discover what what political ideology truly means. and I realized that you know, what I believe in and what I grew up believing in all my life aligns with the conservative movement. So, I mean, it wasn't up until I'm going to say freshman, sophomore year of college, where I realized, Oh, you know, I am a conservative. This is definitely what I believe in. This is definitely what I, um, I strive to advocate for. Um, And it just kind of came all together like different little pieces of my life. uh, Finally all joined together to, to create the picture of, of what my core beliefs are, um, during college. So it was, it was a good experience. Um, and it was awesome to be able to reach out to so many different people. So many of my friends who believe differently and kind of get a taste for what they believe in, because, you know, I'm a big proponent of going out and and being a critical thinker and understanding why certain people vote or believe or see things differently than what you do. Um, and seeing what you believe in and how that differs or how that, um you know similar to to their beliefs as well so uh, yeah conservative uh through heart but uh really just once i started studying political science and getting into that and the root of it all i realized yeah this is definitely this is definitely what i what i believe in and, and there are a few things here and there that i that i tend to be a little bit more lenient about but for the majority of it i i i do lean conservative and I, and have always been conservative um throughout my entire gotcha. life
0: that's that's awesome So you said that during college and through your journey in political science that you just realized that all that your entire life with your beliefs and customs, that they mostly aligned with uh, conservative, conservative ideology. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I uh, figured that out as soon as I looked into my own, you know, personal life, you know, praying at the table being very family oriented understanding that my hard work mm. um, equals success and that I shouldn't depend on you know big government to to you know build my ladder of success for me those are all things that you know as a, as a young boy I I learned through my parents and learned through my family is saying you know being independent uh, of my own work ethic and understanding that at the end of the day Um, It's whatever I bring to the table. It's not whatever people bring to the table for me. Um, And I think that's the biggest difference uh, when we talk about conservatism versus um, every other ideology is that conservatism is definitely the number one um, political ideology that that promotes, you know, self-success and self-independence based on on what you believe in. Uh, And, you know, when we speak about conservatism within the Hispanic community, um altogether, it's very important for us to kind of take political parties out of that because you know most Hispanics don't really like to be hey, this is not just Hispanics, generally most people don't like to be associated with the specific political party because both parties have things that we that they need to work on. I mean I absolutely agree with that and I think most people do too. Um but when you look at the Hispanic community and you see that they're multi-generational um, households, when you see that they're very family oriented uh, they're probably the most uh, faith-based community as a whole. Those are all things that go hand in hand with the conservative movement, uh, and so it, it's not—it's not about going to the Hispanic community or the Hispanic individual and saying, "Are you Republican uh, or are you a Democrat?" I think that's the—that's not the appropriate way to do that. It's, "Hey, do you believe in you know family unity? Do you believe um, in being able to um, have the freedom to?" You know, voice out your concerns and 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 believe in the faith that you want to. Um. And you know, do you believe in 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 small government and government not telling you how to run your business, how to work, how to uh, what actual percentage of of your income goes back to government? And they're all going to say you know very conservative answers to that. And that's what I like doing when I when I speak to people who say, hey, like Abraham, you are you know very politically involved, um, and I don't really know much about politics, like. What what political party do I belong to? And I think you're you're looking at it in a very different way, in a very wrong way. You should never for those people that don't know much about politics that want to get somewhat involved, you should never think about it as, okay, what political party do I belong to? That's because you're gonna, you know, you're going to um really just depress yourself really quickly as soon as you attach to something and you realize this isn't what I believe in, because there's you know, I predominantly vote Republican. You know, that that is that is what I vote for. Um, uh, a lot of, and there are a lot of things that I wish I the Republican Party would change. However, um, I don't really fully always align myself uh, with the Republican Party. Why? Because I don't I don't believe people should do that. Um, and so when people ask me how do I get politically involved, what do I do? What are what are the things that I need to be looking at? I say, look no further than your own self. Like, what what do you care about? What do you advocate for? What do you want to see changed or stay the same and, and branch from there? And see, go hear political figures speak on both both sides of the aisle um, and see, okay, this person aligns a little bit more than, than, than what I do and, and, and go that. The problem nowadays um, is that each political party and each political figure that you can, you can have two different political figures speaking to you um, and you might align very well with person number a but person number b actually is is has the ability and the implementation to vote on things that are going to hit close to your heart and close to your to your mind but person a knows how to tailor their speech Mm -hmm. to to fit your community and and to to fit what you believe and you most likely will always vote for person a because nowadays politics is personality over um, platform Um, and i think we need to go back and saying okay I, i don't really care if you make me feel good I don't care if you can make me laugh. I don't care if you make me feel included. I care if you're truly going to go and vote for the things that are going to help me and my community excel. That is what matters at the end of the day uh, because we don't live with these people. We don't see them on a daily basis, but what they vote on affects us every single day. So I think people need to take a step back and realize, okay, political parties and political candidates, it's not about how, how they make you feel anymore. You know, um, I can take a mean tweet every now <laughs> and then. I can take, you know, I can take a, some 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 controversial things on the news. I can take that if if it means that you're doing something good for for, for me and my for comu- my community. Uh, I can do that. Um and I think a lot of people are very lighthearted and they say, I don't feel good. I don't feel comfortable with this person. I don't feel like this person actually represents me. And you know I hate to say it like at the end of the day politics doesn't they don't politics does not care about your feelings. It that's it, just plain and simple. Ben Shapiro says it the best. Poli- uh, Facts don't care about your feelings the same way politics don't. It's not about your feelings, it's about you actually being able to succeed. And there right now in the United States, there is there is a political party that is all about platform and issues that are actually there ready for you to take advantage of and succeed. And there's another political party that is based on feelings um, and making you feel like you need to feel a certain way to feel comfortable. And that's what I that's what I've been trying for a lot of people to recognize that feeling comfortable doesn't always mean um, being the best. Um, sorry, I kind of went on a the rant there. No, no,
0: no. I completely appreciate that. You said a couple of things that I absolutely agree with. And those, like, it's it's everything about what you said about, like, we nowadays, a lot of people now go towards personality rather than platform. And I completely see that and witness that. And um, like I told you before, like, you – you and being Hispanic and um, advertising for conservative ideas and values is so rare. And it's like, I've never seen that side of a Hispanic promoting that on like the media level, you know? And so when, when you talk about like, um, two part person a and person B, I, I almost, almost always hear more about person a promoting about personality and feelings rather than platform. So I completely agree with that. And you said something so powerful about like, it has nothing to do with political parties. It has everything to do with yourself about what your beliefs are and what you think, you know, should, should be the, should be the beliefs and customs that you that you care for yourself and work and work from that. And don't work from the political party, but work from yourself. And I never thought about it that way. You know, so yeah, I want to thank you for making that distinction because I've <laughs> never, I've never yeah. heard that before.
1: And a lot of people, and a lot of people think that they need to be selfless when it comes to politics. And if you're a political candidate, yes, you absolutely need to be selfless because you are there for one, one reason and one purpose, and that is to represent um, your community that that voted you in. So yeah, if if, if we're talking to political figures um, and elected officials yes you 100% 110 percent need to be selfless but if you're on the other receivings uh, on the other end of that so if you are the person in your community who is voting like most Americans are you need to be a hundred percent selfish with 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 what before we got cut off um, so I was saying that in politics you know if you're on the side that you're the one voting for the elected official you do need to be uh, selfish you do need to Think about yourself when you're doing this, because um, I think a lot of times we 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 want to um, kind of. Expectations we put on elected officials, we sometimes unwilling and unknowingly, we put it on ourselves, too. Well, I need to vote in a very unselfish way. Well, I need to think about this. I need to think about that. And that's good. But it's also important at the end of the day for you to realize you're voting on on. On issues that are gonna benefit or hurt you. You need to be selfish in, in your voting. And there there's been so much, there's been so much history that has led up for us to have the right to vote. Regardless of your background, regardless where you come from, regardless of your gender, there is there is someone in history that fought for your right to vote. And so when you go and vote, you need to be selfish for that because there's been too much that has been paid for um, for you to be able to have that right. Um, And I think, you know, it's important for when you go to the the voting booth to say this, there's been time, you know, just just in 20, just in uh, 2018, I won't lie, it was very difficult here in my, in my home to put feelings um, aside and say, I'm voting on person A, because this person truly aligns with with the Constitution, what I want to be um, done here in America, whereas in person B actually made me feel a lot better. But like I said, we've got to be selfish and it's not about making me feel good anymore because feelings don't get you anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's talk about our feelings. That doesn't really do anything at the end of the day. You have to go out and you have to be aggressive with these issues that you care about because without being aggressive and without saying, no, this is right or this is wrong, you get nowhere. Um, and it's important. It's important for us as voters to to understand that and to acknowledge that and, and to get over a sometimes not feeling good. I mean, that's just... That's just the, the matter of life. Like there's times where you go into work and you just don't feel good. You just don't want to be there. You just don't have a good day, but you still need to do it because, you know, income, your income depends on you being there that day and work. The same thing with politics it does not matter if you care, or if you like, or a certain political party or a, a candidate, the platform, the platform is what is so um, congruent to, to, to what your life is, is, is based on. Um, And that's, you know, when I go to to vote, I think about my family. I think about my community. I think about, you know, my grandparents and my great grandparents who have fought so hard and worked so hard to be able to give, you know, their generation the lifestyle that we have now. And and I would hate for that to go um, completely to waste with one generational vote. And I don't want to be that generation that votes for, you know, socialism and, and, and things like that, that counter what America was founded on, um, and I think it's important to note that it, it really is.
0: Oh, I think so too. I absolutely do. And this, you've talked a lot about family unity and uh, self work, self success. You, uh, you, your reward is based off of your own merit, your own hard work. I completely agree with that. And other than those values of like family unity and a uh, and and self work, what other ideas? Um, because I noticed in your website in Bienvenido.us that one of your mission statement is about spreading Hispanic culture and how it aligns with conservative values.
1: It's, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. Um, and, you know, whether you are a religious person or you believe in God or not, um, speaking just on the Hispanic community, I don't think you will find a Hispanic that doesn't believe in striving to be a good person because there's a higher power um in your life and and that is that is what conservatism looks like in the hispanic community and so i've been you know it's going to be almost a year now that i've been in this whole political um work and movement but i've been involved in politics and getting you know through internships through mentorship programs since freshman year of college really and a little bit before that um and For years and years and years, all, and I will be the first to say this something that the Republican Party does not do well is know how to reach out to the Hispanic community. And it's Mm. not a recent thing, it's been a forever thing. You know, I think the last wave of Republicanism within the Hispanic community was under President Reagan. And then Mm. after that, it just kind of slowly started dying off. And it's not because Hispanics aren't conservative. That, that is I think that's that's the narrative that people want you to know, hear and want you to establish and believe, and that isn't true. His you know Republican party doesn't know how to outreach the Hispanic community, not because Hispanics aren't conservative and here's 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 the issue. It's because they don't know how to reach out to the Hispanic community because Hispanics when you when you go to them. Fully and say, let's talk about politics. Let's talk about political issues and political ideology. They're going to say, no, thank you. I I, I don't I don't want to talk about that because for such a long time, I think Hispanics are where this just kind of like, don't ask, don't tell, don't you know, don't bother me. and We're all going to be fine. and We're all going to live peacefully. And that's the way it's going to be. But in the recent years, we've just had so much tug on our on our party and so many people telling us how we should vote, how we should act, how how we should believe. And it's really starting to hurt us. And when people ask me, so Bien Benito, this organization that I was so blessed to start, when they say, how, does, how do you counter, you know, um, uh, identity politics? And I say, if anything, Bien Benito, what it's doing, it's healing the hurt that identity, po- identity politics has created. Because for a while, Hispanics have been very quiet on the political spectrum. And they, they haven't really gone out and voted because we just have been, you know, this leave me alone community um and that doesn't work anymore that doesn't work and and when you have a political party saying you need to vote this way because you are a victim because you've been oppressed because you don't have the right freedom and the rights of every other uh, every other you know american i have a problem with that because my great grandparents and my grandparents have always taught me that america is a country that is founded on the idea that you can work hard and that your success and that your 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 dream your american dream it is possible because you live in a country that 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 allows that for you. And all of a sudden we have this narrative like, that's not true. You can't succeed. You need the government to help you because you're Hispanic. That mm-hmm. is the identity politics that has been hurting the Hispanic community for such a long time. And a lot of the Hispanics are starting to, you know, fall for it because they realize, okay, well, where is the Republican Party in my community? Where are they reaching out to? Where 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 and they start aligning to a more, you know, liberal party because Of lack of representation. And that is what Bienvenido is, is taking the culture and taking the tradition to the community and saying, hey, listen, it's not up. If we sit down and we say we're going to wait for political party, political officials, uh, elected officials to come to our community and make us feel welcome, that is never going to happen because it's not their job. Uh, it's not their job to make us feel welcome. It is their job to fight for our rights. It's not their job to come into our homes and, 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 and make us food and, and, and learn our culture. That is not their job. Our job is to go to them and say, we voted for you. Now, here's a little piece of who we are. And so, you know, we just had an event in Houston this past weekend. And we had, you know, traditional Hispanic food, drinks, um, entertainment. And our audience was not 100% Hispanic. We had Anglo, we had black, we had Asian, we had so many different people coming together and saying, I care so much about the Hispanic community that I want to learn what your tradition is. And that is how you reach the Hispanic community, not the event. And we had different different people from different communities come out. And and it wasn't because they were Hispanic, you know, and it was because they care about the Hispanic community. And they wanted to know what our traditional culture was. Why? Because them being able to realize how we interact with each other, what we take, you know, as values, um, how we spend our time, that is a good way to outreach to the community, to the Hispanic community. Um, and like I was saying before, if you go to the Hispanic community and you knock on their doors and you say, hey, I want to talk politics with you, odds are. Odds are they're gonna say, No, I don't want to, because Hispanics and, and not even just Hispanics, most Americans don't want to talk about politics. As, you know, they'd rather be spending their time doing something else. But if you do events like this and you you show, you showcase and highlight the traditional values of Hispanic culture, you start realizing, okay, you know, this is what it means to be Hispanic, this is what it means to be a conservative. What do the two have in common? Oh, wait, a lot more than what we think. And so we had, you know, the Hispanic advisor to one of the Hispanic advisors to the President Trump there. We had, um, you know, the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas there. And, and they did a good job of understanding this is how you reach out to the Hispanic community. And I think it's time it, it, it's time to to go out to the Hispanic community and say, I'm, I'm reaching out to you because because you don't deserve to be told that you are a victimed culture. You don't deserve to be told that you are victims that need help. Because if anything, our ancestors and our great grandparents have taught us one thing. It is to not be dependent on an individual with high power and to work hard for what you truly believe in. Um, And it is up to us to preserve that message. You know, I, you know, I was just so overwhelmed with the stories that I was being told this past weekend of people my age who were coming up to me and saying, I've been so afraid of speaking out on my conservative views because It just seems like I'm supposed to be voting a certain way that I don't believe in. And if my grandparents knew that I was thinking about that, oh my gosh, I I don't even know what they would say. And it all came down to if my grandparents knew, if my forefathers knew, if my my parents knew. and, And it's all about family values. And it's so incredible to me how the Hispanic community takes into consideration family legacy. And for me, my parents have taught me how to just truly fight and stand for for what is right and what is wrong and right now it's not you know in 2020 um, and i know i sound super corny and cheesy by saying this it's not a, a a fight of red and blue it's a fight of what is exactly why right and what is exactly wrong um you know i don't believe in in government taking 70 percent of your hard-earned income i don't believe in that i don't believe in late-term abortion i don't believe um, in a child being born out of the womb and and and, and having a factor of them being killed um, as something right. I, I don't believe in things like that. I believe in alliance with the Holy Land of Israel. These are all issues that are going to be put on the table in 2020. And it is up to us to say, it's not about me being Hispanic, having to vote a certain way. It's about me knowing what is right and wrong and, and, mm-hmm. and advocating for that. Whether this political candidate um, makes me feel good or makes me feel welcome, that doesn't matter anymore because they're only here for a certain amount of time. But this vote this legislation is going to be for the rest of my life. And that's what I want people to understand. Get past feelings and understand that what you vote for is not just a joke vote. Um, it is a person who is going to make legislation that might last your entire life. Um, and that, you know, there is some urgency. There is an urgency to it. Um, and, and that's what this, this, this organization is about. It's going throughout the nation and saying, let's not talk about politics. Let's, let's not talk about what's right and wrong with both the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. Let's just talk about you. Let's talk about what you believe in and what you want to fight for, and let's do it together. And I, I think, we, I think we're do, we have a good response from it, and, and we're excited about what, what the future holds for, for just every American in general.
0: Wow. Oh, that was powerful, bro. I was like <laughs> a powerhouse right there. Thank you. Too. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. When it comes down to like heated topics, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, like building the wall.
1: Yeah.
0: And like DACA, Mm -hmm. what would your response be in in part of still being part of the conservative um, ideals?
1: Yeah. So, you know, let's, I think we should take each, um, each of those issues individually, because I don't think they're, they're the same. Um, So Mm -hmm. when (laughs) we talk about building the wall, um, and this is another thing the Republican Party has not done a good job of. Um, they have emphasized it so much where it's just a wall, where it's just a barrier. And I believe that it started off as a good, a good topic of discussion and it turned in, into just a one issue um, political talk, just a wall division. Um, and we need to go back to what the wall was being built for to begin with. Um, you know, and I, I think it's important to, to note that there every almost every other country um in this world has a barrier has a wall has a form of security, and the u s being one of the wealthiest nations should not you know should not be an exception to that um and the wall is something I take so close to my heart because you know a lot of my good friends know um I love going to Mexico at least once every other year and Uh, I have my grandparents there in Mexico and they are pastors to one of the largest Christian churches in their state. They just opened up their fourth sister church. And when we talk about the wall, it's something so sensitive to me because I might say, yeah, let's build a wall. But on the other side of the wall is my grandparents. It's my, you know, I have uncles, I have aunts, I have cousins, I have friends on the other side of the wall. And I want to make sure people know that when we say build the wall, we're not saying build the wall, let's get rid of Mexico. We're saying build the wall because there's security that needs to be happening. And there's this cleansing that needs to be happening within our border states and within Mexico in general. And, you know, what's something so funny is I just recently spoke to my grandparents about not too long ago. And I said, you know, the law is such a, such a touchy subject and I don't know why it should be black and white. it should say, yeah, we need security. And I asked them and I said, if I ever am, am supposed to advocate for a law, I want to let you know that I'm not doing it as a divisive or, um, a meaningful tone because I have family here and my grandparents kind of said, no, absolutely. The president needs to build a wall. There absolutely needs to be a wall built. Why? Because you look at the crime in Mexico and I believe 13 out of the States of Mexico right now, aren't even being run by government um, officials anymore. It's completely drug cartel and um, crime there. It, it's run by crime. And immigration is something so beautiful in, in America. And it's something that we need to hold to the highest power of value. Um, but when we let just anyone in, and when we let that those those that crime in, we are devaluing what immigration was supposed to be in, in America. So I believe in building a wall where a wall needs to be built. Why? Because there's so much corruption um, in the nation of, of Mexico that even Mexicans themselves are able to tell you that. And in order to help them, in order to help them be the best that they can be, we need to make sure that we're not trafficking that inside of our own country. So when we say build a wall, we're not saying build a wall to not let anyone in we're saying let's build a wall so we can protect both Mexicans and Americans from what is going on in our Southern border states, as well as the nation of Mexico. Um, And, and Mexico has, I believe, and I'm biased, but I believe Mexico has the most beautiful tradition, traditions, the food and culture. And we, when we just devaluate that and we want to make them look like, Oh, all Americans are, or all Mexican Americans are Americans. We're not, we're all the same. We're all, we're all we know we're all equal. Yes, we are. We're definitely equal. But no, we're not all the same. And I think it's important to start saying that I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a Hispanic. That does not mean I'm Anglo. And I want you to understand that my culture is different than yours. And that's a good thing. That is a great thing because we live in a, in, in a nation that thrives on diversity within culture. And whenever people tell me, no, you're an American. We're all the same. Yeah, I understand the foundation of that. I understand the meaning of that but if you're not willing to understand that my culture is different and I'm bringing something different to the table then you're undervaluing who I am and what I come from and when we say build the wall like I said before we're not being you know divisive what we're saying is there is so much respect that needs to be put in immigration and culture and tradition that comes from Mexico that we need to filter what's bad um, and, and and what's good, you know, something that I think the president of the United States got heavily attacked was when he first gave his first announcement to become to launch for president. And when he said, you know, that some Mexicans coming into the border aren't good and they're bad. Mm-hmm. And I will be the first to say that I agree with that. I fully agree with with, with illegal immigrants coming to to the United States and, and a good portion of them, if not mostly all of them, are here for bad interior motives, escaping Mexico and trying to bring the crime here. And I think when we talk about immigration, it's it's important to say um, immigration reflects where people are coming from. So if we're talking about immigration, back when my great grandparents were were um, were uh, immigrating to the, to to America, we're not talking about bad bad um, bad immigration. You know, Mexican government was not bad. Mexican government was not as bad it is now. So when people in my grandparents, my great grandparents, you know, uh, ages were coming to America, we didn't really have to worry about a wall. We didn't have to worry about crime. Why? Because everything was, was good. Everything was okay. Everything was, we were, we were trusting um, in Mexico. Fast forward to today and you see the government in Mexico and you see the corruption and you see just so much. Uh, there's not, there's no transparency between right and wrong there, that is reflective on immigration, the people that are coming across the border. So we're not saying building a wall is saying no to immigration. We're saying immigration changes so differently with with the government of each nation that security needs to also hypen up. As crime hypens up and and rises in these countries, so should our security. You know, Um, and when we say we've never had, you know, a wall and security has never been that bad yeah exactly because crime wasn't all that bad you know when our when our grandparents were, were you know my great great grandpa would um travel from mexico to united states as a seasonal you know farm worker um and you know he just needed a working visa and a permit and that was it nowadays it's so difficult to 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 trust and to know who's actually coming here for that and who's not you know c- committing fraud and committing theft and, and committing crimes you know it's important to, to, to know that one in six individuals, one in six women crossing the border are sexually harassed. Uh, one in three, three children crossing the border are, are negatively impacted. 300,000 cases of homicide alone were, were, were um, reported on the, on the Mexican-U.S. border. These are numbers that, that we can't hide. These are numbers that we can't just let, let it slide off our shoulder and say, oh, okay, better, like, better, better luck next year. No, these are people who are innocent people who are victims of human trafficking um, and, and crime that are on our hands because of our lack of our security. Um, and building wall does not mean not letting people in. That's not what that means. Building wall means security both for the United States um, and Mexico. And there's a lot of great immigrants. There's a lot of great undocumented immigrants right now in these, in these border states that um, you know, are, are good citizens, who are you know sometimes you know they, they don't even get paid um, they do manual labor, they do hard work and for fear of deportation they don't say anything about them not being paid and I don't think that's right and I think we need to clear up our immigration system and put a wall where a wall needs to be built and say okay now let's fix let's fix the issue with immigration that we have here at home and then transcend that and let that bleed through um, our sister uh, country and in, in, in Mexico. Um, so that's, that's my rant on building the wall.
0: Wow. That's
1: my rant on building the wall. And with DACA, um, I have been so blessed to call – and um, I'm, I'm sure – I think you know him. His name is um, Hilario Yanez. Um, he's from Houston, Texas. He spoke at the Young Latino Leadership Summit as well. He's been on Fox News. He's been in D.C. He's advocated in, 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 on Capitol Hill, and he's a DACA recipient. Um, and he is a conservative at heart. He believes in building a wall because he knows. He knows what it's like to to have crime come into come into your country and 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 completely just, you know, demolish what you stand for. Um, and DACA, I want to I want to make sure people know what DACA really is. It was an unconstitutional move from President Obama um, that all it did was locate these children of illegal immigrants and gave them a temporary stay. It gave them no, you know, no pathway to citizenship, no pathway to residency. All it did was just locate them and track them into the U.S. Uh, government system and say, OK, now we know where all these undocumented, you know, kids and young adults are. Um, that's what it did. But it gave no pathway to citizenship. So first, it was an unconstitutional um, power move from President Obama um, after, you know, he was launching for his, his second presidential bid. Um, and second, it doesn't give any um, any pathway to any real tangible stay in the United States. So a lot of these DACA recipients can't even get jobs because their work doesn't exactly know if they can count on them being here for that long. A lot of them can't even go to school because um, they, they they aren't allowed to reap the benefits of, of, of an American citizen citizen through FAFSA, through scholarship, through financial aid, things like that. They, they They're kind of in on their own, um, they're, they're on their own world and they still have to pay taxes. They still have to follow all the laws, which I agree with, but they get no actual benefit. And so when president Trump came out and said, let's get rid of DACA, everyone flipped out. But I said, yes, absolutely. We need to get rid of DACA because it's, it, w- we're creating so much tension between the DACA community and what we're saying is you're kind of a limbo land here and we don't exactly know what you're going to, what, what you you going to, you know, um, go through or how long you're going to stay. And and if we're conservatives at heart and we believe in pro-life, we believe in the freedom of liberty and justice, then I believe these DACA recipients, maybe not full-on citizenship, but I believe there needs to be a pathway through residency, work visas, school visas, stay something, something for them to be here. And, you know, President Trump did say Congress give these dreamers citizenship, but no one really talked about that. People only talked about President Trump saying let's get rid of DACA, but no one followed up and said, you get rid of DACA because he wants them to, you know, have citizenship.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and it's important topics like this that we need to have, you know, in, in, in conversation and say DACA is bad. DACA is very bad. Um, and it's not right to have these hundreds and thousands of students in, in, in a, kind of in a waiting room that they don't know exactly what's going to happen to them. They don't know if they can even get a job. They don't know if they can go to school. And it's this uneasy tension that we're building between them Um, And it's all because a certain party doesn't want to come to the table and talk about DACA and talk about ways to to get these, um, you know, students and young adults legalized or a pathway to residency. So on DACA, I just I just have two two quick things to say about that. It's unconstitutional and we need to free the dreamers. That's exactly what I say to every single person that asks me about um, how I feel about DACA. Got it. Got it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I was not aware that trump suggested that the reason why daca should be eliminated is so that there can be a pathway for citizenship or residency can happen i was not i was not aware of that yeah and it fascinates me that like a lot of media coverage don't cover that at all you know
1: exactly exactly which is why i commend my good friend eladio for going to dc going to capitol Hill, and saying president trump wants to grant a citizenship congress where are you at congress where you, if you want to fight for the freedom of dreamers you want to fight for the freedom of docker recipients where are you at and a lot of people when 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 democrat um elected officials say president trump is anti-immigration well they're kind of biting their own tongue and kind of you know going against their own words because he actually is not he's actually wanting to grant these these um uh dreamer citizens and he wants to do it the right legal way he can he, he could do it the obama way and and do a full executive order but that's unconstitutional and just as quickly as we saw just as quickly as president obama gave these these students uh daca permits that's just as quickly as they can get them taken away as we've been seeing. so i think it's important to lay something in print say something legally and say these students deserve some kind of stay um, and so when people say that President Trump is anti-immigration, I say oh, that's just I, I have a hard time believing that when he is fighting for the advocate rights of, of, of freedom and citizenship through these DACA recipients. And that's something that I encourage everyone to look up my good friend Eladio's speeches and his, and his, and his travels through the country because he talks about that and he, he gives specific dates and he gives statistics and he gives facts of what the president and what his administration has been saying regarding um, DACA and 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 the Dreamers and I encourage everyone to to not fully go on the idea that President Trump this administration wants to get rid of DACA. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. But why? There's a there's a big why there, and people need to be critical thinkers and say, I want to dig up a little bit more information on this, and, and I want to know why the president does wants to get rid of of DACA. Um, and your what you find is going to be very surprising.
0: <laughs> oh, I've been surprised. <laughs> Yeah. i been yeah. surprised. Wow. Because it's true. All I hear is that he's a racist. He's a bigot. uh, He hates minority people and he just wants to make the rich, richer and the poor, poor. That's all I hear on a repeated basis. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there's some statistics that say otherwise, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: And, and it goes back to what I said. It, it's facts over feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I don't really care. If, I mean, I care if president Trump comes out and blatantly says something like lies and and does something very very aggressive and very wrong like i will be the first to 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 call him out on that but i don't care if he's if he's saying daca needs to be repealed i don't care if that hurts me that hurts my feelings um if he's meaning it in a way of 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 granting something better Um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is with president trump he's been at this game for such a long time he knows how to work the media he knows how to get what he wants um and it's all about digging up a little bit more for yourself. Something that absolutely. I absolutely mm-hmm. hate that I absolutely hate is when people will say president Trump is caging kids at the border. Mm. Okay. Let's, let's talk about how this has happened since the Clinton administration. It carried on over to the Bush administration. It carried on over to the Obama administration. Suddenly when president Trump acknowledges it, it's a Trump thing and Trump out of Clinton Bush and Obama was the only president to sign an executive order to eliminate family separation at the border. He was the only president, yet he gets tagged with him being the president that cages kids and separates family when that has been happening since the Clinton administration. Um, and even Democrat members of Congress have come out and said that. So it's important to, to say, OK, this is a, this has been going on for such a long time and we need to actually give credit where credit is due and say this isn't a trump thing this is this is you know really it was a clinton thing um and it's about looking back and, and and searching and 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 being a critical thinker um and that's all that's all it is to it is is understanding that you can't believe everything you hear
0: you really can't mm, absolutely I completely agree with that so i think we went over like the two key topics re- as it relates to like why majority, why I think why the majority of Hispanics would much rather vote um, Democrat than than Republican is because of like DACA and and immigration issues as it relates to building the raw. Um, What else do you think Hispanics or Americans in general, why do you think they should lean more towards conservative, conservative, Rather than liberal, as it relates to like economics, healthcare, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, so when it comes to economics, I think it's important to note that under President Trump, we have the l- lowest um, number of unemployment rate in the Hispanic community. That's that's a big deal. Um, also, I was I was so privileged to be invited to a White House reception ceremony back in um, back in September. And it was nothing but, you know, Hispanic leaders of all over the nation going to the White House and hearing President Trump speak. And he said something that really hit close to home to me. He said that now more than ever, Hispanics are giving the re- are, are receiving that confidence um, and motivation to be entrepreneurs, to be business owners, to, to go out and fight for um, incoming quality within their own community. And he highlighted five five business owners, one of them being a good family friend of ours who owns, I I believe like over 50 Sonics here in Texas. And he said, because of the tax breaks that president Trump gave, because of these, these things that president Trump is doing, um, people like, you know, my friend Joel Garza, who owns Sonics are able to open up more restaurants are able to hire more employees are able to, to help this economy because of conservative, um, tax breaks. Um, And so when we, when you look at the Hispanic community, Hispanics um, are prone to open up their own businesses, whether it be a big one or a small one, because they're entrepreneur minded. Um, And when you talk about business, do you want a political party that's pushing to take 70% of your income to go back to the government? And they're promising that it's going to float all around the US and we're all going to get an equal share when really I don't trust the government. I personally don't trust the government. I don't think they do anything well. So I Definitely don't want them to have 70 percent of my income or, you know, maybe a little less. If anything, I, you know, I, I I stick to the rule that my my rule book, which is the Bible, says that I should be giving 10 percent to church. Anything above 10 percent to anything else, I believe, is wrong. I really do. So when we're talking about people giving 70 percent of their income back to the government, I think that's a huge red flag of what that political party is going to. Another thing the conservative party and the conservative movement relies fully on you functioning and growing as a small business. Um, so when we talk about fiscal responsibility and being fiscally conservative, you know, uh, just recently, I read a fact that over 600 small, 600 billion small businesses in, in the U S are owned by Hispanics. And that is thanks within the last, you know, four years. Um, and that is thanks to conservative uh, you know, advocates pushing, pushing for, for, for us to be able to, to, to be that way. Um, and it, it, it's just, it, it's kind of a common no brainer. Do you want to vote for a political party that wants to take more from you? Or do you want to vote for a political party that doesn't believe in interfering with, with how you do business? Um, and it's, and it's, it's up to you. It's up to you. Do you want to be business minded or do you want to be dependent minded? Um, it's all about independency versus dependency. Um, And my culture, my family, my parents, um, my traditions have always taught me to be independent and not dependent. Um, And that's that's what's on the table in 2020. It really is. It really is.
0: Absolutely, brother. Shoot. Um, Can you say that fact one more time that was it 600 billion? 600 billion. Yes. 600 billion.
1: Yes. What? Really? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. That that is a fact given from the U.S. Uh, Hispanic Chamber of
0: Commerce. U.S. Hispanic yeah. Chamber of Commerce. All right, folks, look that up. <laughs> That's important. Yes,
1: literally look that up. It's insane. It's it's when I was so I when I was getting my speech in Houston. I you know every other speech I tailor it differently. So I, I did, were you at Young Latino Leadership Summit? I believe you were at Turning Point.
0: I was not. Yeah.
1: You were not okay. So when I was there, I. Because I thought that's how you ended up reaching out to me. So uh, uh when I was there, I based it off of kind of family values uh, and things like that. And in Houston, I wanted it to be a little bit more about fiscal and uh, business, uh, more business uh speech. And so I was looking up information when I when I came across that fact. I just I couldn't I couldn't let go of that. And I was so proud of that. And it's funny because when I did go to the White House back in September, that is something that President Trump was so happy to say, that under his administration and his presidency, there was so many businesses just popping out of nowhere, um, all Hispanic owned, all by Hispanic hands. Um, and he even said, he said when he was in business, his, his most faithful working hands were the hands of Hispanics. Wow! And that, wow. that really hit my heart. So well, and it, I got so emotional after that because it's the president of the United States telling a room full of Hispanics saying the best, hard working hands I had were Hispanic hands. Wow, and no one can ever come up to me and say that President Trump is racist or against the Hispanic community because he has done more for the Hispanic community than I believe any president in our history has done. And I will stand for that and I will stand behind that, granted. If there is something that President Trump does that is completely wrong and something that I go against, I will be one of the first people to, to go against it and speak out on it. But until then, I think it's important to pray, pray every single day for our president, this administration and his council, um, because we're truly embarking on something bigger than what we can even imagine. Um, our political um, system is, is is truly evolving to something
0: incredibly great. Mm. Mm. Wow. I completely agree, brother, completely. Wow. That was powerful. (laughs) Uh, And for like, I'm pretty sure you would get sometimes these messages like you're Hispanic, you're just brainwashed. You're probably just (laughs) listening from other from people who are forcing you to, to take down garbage down your throat. All the statistics that you say are false. What would your message be to like um, people who say that you're wrong, or every statistic that you say
1: is like it's um, mm-hmm. false?
0: What would your message? be?
1: So I tell them that I don't ever, sp- I will never ever speak out on an issue that I don't have a uh, personal experience with. So there's something like, um, like let's say abortion, or let's say healthcare, or immigration, or the Second Amendment, and I don't have a direct experience with that. I won't ever speak on that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give I will give what I believe is right and what I encourage and what I I believe is a healthy positive step, but I won't ever advocate for that issue because I truly believe that your testimony is your biggest weapon. Um, and so when people say when people question um, whether I really do know about healthcare, abortion, the Second Amendment, First Amendment, immigration, I don't come at them with um, you know. Well, this is what I believe. And, you know, in a very aggressive way, I give them my testimony and say, I believe this way and I believe these facts because this is what my story tells me. This is what my story reflects based on that. And I think that's the best way to counter people who don't believe you, who want to go against you or who are brainwashed into thinking differently than you is not attacking them through a very statistical um, Passionate way, it's important for you to lay facts down, absolutely. But it's even more important to tie facts to your personal experience. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest issue for a while um, for me was immigration and, and the law and people not understanding me being Hispanic, why I was for a law and how. And when I tell them my story about, you know, I have grandparents, I have family on the other side of the border, and I know what they go through, I know what they tell me about crime in their own city and how. You know, finding hundreds um, and dozens of bodies from one day to another is just the new normal there. I tell them that I don't want that to be the new normal in Texas, which is why my grandparents, my family from Mexico, actually are for are are more for a law than some Americans here in the United States. And when you come at them with that kind of with that kind of side, they, they can't rebuttal your own testimony, your own story, because, it, because it's yours. Um, and I believe strongly in scripture and God and God's word. And there's a scripture there that says there is power in our testimony. There is power in our story. And whenever we go at it and say, I vote conservative or I vote this way because this is my story. There is no one or nothing that can go against you because you have an arsenal more powerful than theirs which is your testimony which is your story and that's why i encourage everyone everyone who um is new to the political scene that's new to speaking out on political issues i tell them don't don't be fooled and and try to be the next you know uh, donald trump and speaking out emotionally because he's had years and years of experience on this mm. you've got to start emotionally you've got or you've got to start personally and and really Think about your testimony first, because when you put yourself in the front line with your own story, it's going to be really hard for someone to try to bring you down that way. Um, and if there's things that you don't have direct impact with or direct resemblance or direct experience with, then don't, don't speak out on it just yet. Mm-hmm. Give, give your opinions on it, but don't speak out on it just yet. And there are, there's, a, there's a lot of things that I don't have experience or, or personal uh, reflection with, and which is why I seek out mentorship. I, I know, you know, I don't really know a lot about owning a business. I know now I'm starting to learn about owning an organization, but I don't know anything about owning, you know, a, a big business or anything. But I've surrounded myself with people who are large business owners who have mentored me and said, this is what helps us. This is what doesn't help us. And so when people act, talk to me about tax cuts, when people talk to me about fiscal responsibility, being fiscal conservative, I don't speak on it as like, well, I know this. No, I say, People that I have surrounded myself and who mentor me say that this works for them and this doesn't work for them. Therefore, I believe this is the best answer, um, and that that is what you—that's what you have to do when you don't have direct experience with an issue. Find someone who does and be mentored by them. Find a couple group of people that you look up to and and question, and always be hungry for answers because it's all political knowledge is all about how much you're feeding into yourself, um, and when you stop. Searching and when you stop reading and when you stop looking for 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 answers, then you become this one issue voter um, or this closed minded person who is never really going to be able to reach out to anyone um, because you don't fully have the experience and the emotional tie that people's testimonies have that are willing to share with you. Mm. Um, and so that's 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 important. That's important. Dang,
0: you got so much good ideas. <laughs> I'm so happy I invited you. Um,
1: no, I want to thank you for reaching out. I'm, I'm so sorry that it's been kind of difficult to get on my schedule, but I, I had an opening a free time today and I said, I got, I got to jump on this. I got to jump on this. So I appreciate you for reaching out. It really does mean a lot.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I want your voice to be heard. Now I have a deeper sense that it has nothing to do with platform. And oh, I mean, I'm sorry, it has nothing to do with personality. It has everything to do with platform as it relates to it. Yeah. As, it, as yeah. it relates to ourselves and think. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Um, what would your last message be to, I guess, people who are afraid or people who just may be angry right now? What would your yeah. last message be to them? You know, your message, you love or
1: message. Yeah. You so one of the biggest gifts and, and, and honors that I have with my job is I get to go across the, the country and, and, and meet with people who are either really, really strong in the political party and they just know everything about it and they're excited, or people who are timid and shy and weary and nervous and scared about where a country is headed. And I tell them both the same thing. When they ask for my advice, I say, do not put your hope and your faith and your entire motivation and encouragement into one political person, elected official, or a party. Don't do it because we are all human. And we're all going to fail you one day or another. Um, put your full faith in yourself. And put your whole hope in yourself. Because when you pray and when you ask guidance from the good Lord, he is never going to stray you away. So if you vote for someone or if you vote for an issue and in the, in, in the long term they end up messing up here and there, but your whole hope was in yourself first, it's okay if they mess up. Because you already have peace and you already have hope within yourself knowing we're going to get through this. We're going to jump right back in it and we're going to keep going. When you, pull your, when you put your whole faith in a, in a single person, when they go down, you also go down. <laughs> and coming back up is the most difficult part of, 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 a, of being politically active. Um, and so I think it's important for you to say, I stand fully behind this person or I stand fully behind this issue or this party, but they, they, they don't have my full hope or my full faith. Because my full hope is in myself, because I have the power. The Constitution has given us, the individual, the full power to have the freedom and liberty that this country has um, in store for us. So we need to realize that. And whenever we feel like the country is going a different direction or it's not going where we want to go, wait on it just a little bit and put hope in yourself and your voice, because our individual voice has so much more power than what we're giving ourselves credit for. And, and and that's important. And It's important to
0: note that. Absolutely. Can I ask you, how old are you? I'm twenty three. Oh my gosh, you're so young. <laughs> oh I,
1: I feel like I'm I feel like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty older. It's so funny. I just graduated college. Yeah. And, you know, that's four years of, of being surrounded by people who are like my age, like minded and you know, goofing around. Skipping class every now and then. Sorry, I hate to admit it, but you know it happens. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I jump into into you know do what I'm doing now. And and now people that I hang out with and people that I speak to the most are like forty, fifty, sixty years old. Yeah. So it's there's a huge age gap. And, and I'm blessed enough to you know hang out with with my my good college friends every once in a while. And it, and it brings me back to reality. It brings me back to okay, this is this is who I really am. This I need to. They remind me not to take myself too serious, um, but yeah, it's it's just so funny that after graduation, I just kind of got thrown into this this circle of being being surrounded by just so many older people, and and I love it. I love it because they are so much more w- wiser than I am yeah. for sure. Yeah, and their 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 mentorship that they've all extended to me has been something that I. I do not take for granted, and it and it's. I I I pray and I thank God every single day that I have the opportunity that I do, because I think a lot of people my age are kind of stuck in the same kind of cycle of doing the same thing over and over again, which is normal, which is fine. Some people actually like that, Um, but I think it's important to to break out of the normal every every other time, like when you can, and find something new. Get yourself some. Get involved with something. Different, You know, when I've, whenever I first got offered the job with the U.S. Foreign Service, that was something very traditional and very kind of just – it became kind of Groundhog Day. Same thing every day. And then a, a door was present for me to open for something else, and I was a little hesitant just because I was kind of okay with being stuck with the same thing over and over again. I opened it, and that kind of changed my schedule and, and what I was doing. And then that door led to another door, and that door led to another. And before I knew it, I was sitting down with high-ranking members of – political organization saying Abraham we want you we want we want you to start your own organization. What? And that would not have happened had I not said yes to that first door that I was being hesitant on. And so I think it's important for people to yeah, stick to stick to routines, stick to traditions, stick to things that are that are normal and scheduled for your daily day-to-day lifestyle. But if if something presents itself and you have a good feeling about it and, and your mind tells you yes, Jump on it because you don't know if that's the door that's going to lead to another door that's going to lead to another door that's going to lead to someone saying, I think you deserve to have A, B, C, D, or E. And it's important.
0: Oh, wow. Dude, that was powerful. (laughs) I want to thank you again for taking your time and being on this, being with us today and sharing your knowledge, man. Absolutely. I want
1: to thank you. You guys, uh, you're doing an incredible job and, and I can't wait to, to push and promote the stuff that you're doing now. Thank you so much for, for getting me connected with, with your, with your work. I'm excited for you as well.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Pursuing the kingdom. It's all about going to heaven, man. The kingdom of God as it, re- and there it, is. As it relates to religion. No, as it relates to faith, politics, and business ideas. That's, that's what, um, this podcast is all about. I love it. I love that. Yeah. good. So thank you so much, Abraham, for, for coming out. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys next time.
1: Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.